This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. That is so cute. You think about dad singing that song to a little daughter after the lights turned off. And I'm not trying to get religious on you here, but I, this is not the time or the place for that. But I just feel like, isn't, isn't God singing us that song, you know, as we're going to sleep? And this week, I've had a lot of, like, there's been a lot of stuff happen this week, because I know stuff is happening around for everyone. But I just, the, the idea of, like, even as we're, we can't hear it in the way that maybe his daughter can hear it, but that's coming through. I, I mean, I'm pretty confident that it's there. So thanks. My name is Curtis Childs, and um, I'm really honored to, to have all of you entrust me with a little bit of the New Church Live experience. I know that was by consensus vote, right? Okay. Well, I'll, I'll make it so there doesn't need to be any protests, hopefully. And really, what we want to do, though, to start is, it doesn't matter if it's me here or not. It, it, it's not about me. Let's talk about, like, what's the purpose of this gathering that we're having right now? Because everything is really, in its essence, w- what the intent is behind it. So this is what I'll say. This is why I think we're here this morning. Uh, when we're talking about finding our heart's call which is the title for our vocation commitment part of the series. What, what are we looking for? This is how I wrote it out. Let me know what you think. Today, I want to take a step toward letting God create permanent joy in us that is more useful to the rest of the human race than it even is to us. How's that? Is that a purpose worth showing up for? Okay, good. And this is cool, too, because we're in this little grace period here where, you know, this is, I'm new, and even if I, it's not, I don't do a very good job, everyone will just be like, oh, that poor little guy, he's trying his best. <laughs> Look at him, he's like trying so hard, he's got his little sheet there. So I get at least like two services before people are really going to be tapping their toes. So we are going to get, we're going to take a step to creating permanent joy inside us that is more useful to the human race than it even is to us. And I know that there's a custom that we unfortunately have to talk to our neighbor during the beginning of the service. So I have two questions that I want you to talk to each other about. You'll see me like looking over my shoulder occasionally to make sure my, the slides are up there. So what, this is, this is what I want you to really think about, and this is going to set the tone for the whole service. What is something that you have loved working on in your life and why? Why did you love working on it? Okay, so let's just take a minute. Find somebody next to you and talk through that. And if nobody's next to you, just talk to yourself. That's fine. Okay. Think about letting the other person start. I know that's quick, but... (laughs) Ten seconds. 
10 seconds, again. Okay, let's wrap it up. And I want to first push you because I heard people talking, right? That means that when I say, what's something you loved working on? It wasn't like, well, of course I don't love working. There, there, there was something. I heard a lot of people talking. Um, and I'm going to ask you to hold that inside yourself because we're going to be returning to it, that whatever you just had. And I don't even need to know specifically what it was because I know that the deeper feelings that are, that are under it, that's going to be a key part of how we take our step to, to cultivating this joy that I was talking about. And in this, so in this, um, in this series, we're talking about commitments. And you saw Chuck talked about it there. Hopefully you all got a chance to see the first one. We've got these four commitments. Faith, vocation, that's today, which is just work. Family and community. And you can see why a lot of that seems really great to commit to. we got to commit to our family, of course, our community. Faith is great. But is the work one, are we just like sort of shoehorning something in there? I think that there's a problem with the idea, the f- a fundamental problem with the idea of asking us to commit to work, and I've broken it out into a few different segments here. So here's three sections of the problem. First of all, if we're finding our heart's call, I don't know about you, but my heart's call is that I don't really want to work. Like, that's if I look deep inside myself and I think, like, wow, what really makes me happy? Well, I'm not, like, looking over my calendar like, oh, i got to get through this week of vacation, but then back to work, right? Also, Matthew 6.24 is a problem. And I know you've all got that memorized, so I'm not going to read it. Well, no, we'll get to it. And finally, there's the issue of dream job scarcity. If we're going to talk about finding our heart's call, there's a serious shortage of really fun stuff to do for work. So just to break it down a little bit, first let's look at this, uh, my heart's call is to not have to work. I, if I just look inside myself and I really f- feel like, oh, what do I really want to do? A lot of the time, there is this feeling of I just want to rest. And is working really part of the ideal existence? I mean, let's say that we could make it so that there was no more work. I know that right now automation is a serious issue. A lot of people's jobs are being taken by it. But let's say we could design robots that can do absolutely everything really easily so that all that anyone ever needed to do was wake up and push one robot button or or say a robot command, and all the food's there, all the housing are there. Isn't that what we're trying to do is eliminate work? So uh, is well, that's the question. Is work something we just have to do because the world is in the state it is, or is it something that is supposed to be part of the core human experience? That's one thing. Um, also, God is often talking about rest instead of work. If you, if you look in the Bible, don't you hear, um, come to me, you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you work? No. I'll give you rest. You will find rest for your souls because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So why are we sitting around committing to something that we're not even getting um, divine command to commit to? Right. So we're digging some holes here, right? And I don't know if we're going to get out of them or not. But then finally, the dream job. Uh, oh, let's go to the next slide. Okay. Let's go to the next one. Oh, Matthew six twenty four. That's a problem. Do you guys know Matthew 6, 24? Here, let me read it to you. It says, no one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one, this is pretty famous, right? You guys know this one. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot 
serve both God and money. Okay. God, God is great, and, and we know that God can hear us right now because we're in church, so we be careful what we say, but, but I've got to eat, right? And you can do a lot of, like, I've, God is an awesome feeling to think about. There's this, there's this care person who's singing that song to us, don't worry about a thing. But I do know that um, bank accounts are real and, and grocery bills are real. So what does that mean, serve God or serve money? I, I don't get how they're opposed to each other. So we've got to solve that. If we're going to get to this, how can we really commit to vocation? Because wouldn't we, if God is saying, either sir, it, it, it's me or money, and work is such a core, uh, is in a lot of ways inspired by the need to sustain ourselves, and there's no way the need to sustain ourselves is not good. So what, how do you unpack that, and what does it mean? And then finally, the dream job scarcity. How can it be if Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven is within you? And if we're trying to say that working is part of this life that we're called to, but getting a job that just happens to line up with exactly what you like to do, that is very, that is an external thing. And are we saying you can only really be happy if you've got this dream job? How can there be this, um, dichotomy between, you know, the kingdom of heaven is within you and the need for some kind of external situation? So that's a lot of stuff we have to get through in order to really feel like freely and without just doing it because you were told to by the new guy at New Church Live. Instead, we, we love the idea of committing to work and that we feel like this commitment to work is going to lead us to what I was talking about in the beginning, cultivating that lasting joy. It's, it's great for us, but it's actually better for the rest of the human race. So how are we going to get there? I'll tell you that the key is the thing you were conversing about earlier. So as the band comes out, that's how I let the band know that they're going to come out. Um, I, during this song, I want you to be thinking about that, the feeling of the thing you love to do for work. And specifically about, I, I would guess that, that that thing probably didn't happen for all of you in the past seven days. This was probably something you thought back on. It might be that there's a little bit of scarcity in that feeling. But just think about what, what, how could that possibly be cultivated so that it showed up more often in life? What really was it that made you love that part of your work? So hold that in your hearts as we hear a song about doing what we love. Okay, that was a terrible first half of the service because all I did was complain the whole time about, oh, I, don't, I don't like this thing, what about that thing? We didn't find any solutions. So I promise you that the second half here is where we're going to be looking for the solutions. Because unless we investigate this, the objections we can really have to something, we can't really embrace it you know, with our full heart. So we want to begin offering the solution. And I'd love to hear from any of you, what was the thing that you loved to do? And I'm saying you can just, somebody can yell it out or something. Yeah, Work on the relationship with the daughter. And, and this is because, like, the end goal of that is the love that's there. That there was really, like, I'm just gonna put why I think you loved it and let me know if it's wrong, but there's, that's a, that's a purpose you really believed in, right? I mean, that, that's good done. Okay, so that feels like this is way worth what I'm putting into it. Anyone else have something that, Taking care of people, taking care of grandchildren. Yeah, that's right. Because 
Because you know, you know those people and you can tell how they're feeling and you know that the work that you're putting in is making them happy in a, in a productive way. Great. Okay. Should we leave it at that? Or does anybody want to do? It does, you don't have to. I mean, this is private stuff, but does anybody have one more? Yeah. Working on yourself because now you can receive and give love. And that's a great last phrase there. Because I could work on myself so that I am better than Joe, who I've had a long time rivalry with, right? But to work on myself, why? What's the purpose? I came out here in the beginning talking about purpose. So the purpose is to give and receive love. And not just receive, right? But to give as well. So if we're talking about the solution now, with that, that, those feelings, the purpose behind those examples that we just had is the core of the commitment to vocation. So what is the solution to the first part of the problem, which is my heart's call is to not have to work. The joy that you're feeling in doing those good things, right? The joy of doing something constructive that that you know is improving somebody else's life or improving your own life to then therefore be a better conduit to improving other people's life. That is the only kind of joy. Well, to put it another way, that is the mustard seed. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that looks, and I'll paraphrase just slightly here, looks real small, but wouldn't you believe it grows into this amazing thing. And that that little bit of joy that maybe we had to think back on, okay, this was a time that I loved doing something constructive. It seems just like a little mustard seed in life. That is the only, that joy cultivated and made central to our motivations for everything is the only thing that you can really build an ongoing, sustainably happier and happier life. That is, as New Church Theology calls it, the foundation of heaven. That, that is heaven that joy of expressing love in a way that's going to serve somebody. And to prove it, I've got our, our weekly New Church Theology quote for you. So this is, oh yeah, right, I forgot. Doing something, oh, I already said this, doing something of service to the greater good is the only sustainable joy you can build a happy life on. Is that, am I way off base here? This, I'll, I'll get into exactly why. I think that's the only sustainable joy you can really build a full-on happy life on. But let's, let's work through this quote about the nature of that joy. So this is from Swedenborg's Heaven and Hell. And this is going to—I love working through this, and we got to do it slowly because it just sounds like a bunch of words until you get into it. First of all, all the pleasures of heaven are united to forms of service and dwell within them. That's not really a Hallmark card-worthy thing. Because you're talking about united uh, forms of service is not poetry. But think about what that means. If we, sure, we can talk about heaven as a, as a place that, that you can be after you leave your physical body. And I really do think we continue after, after the end of the body. But heaven is, is primarily a state of mind. You know, what makes the afterlife so joyful? We talk about it like this. If somebody says, oh, I'm in heaven right now, what does it mean? It means you're happy right? This was a heavenly chocolate. It's because it's making you happy. And every happiness has some kind of source behind it. So what's the source 
of the joy that makes heaven. If we're trying to find this state of happiness where life is as good as it could be if we weren't constantly bothered by all these things that are coming into our minds and coming into our life, what's the foundation? Here it's saying the pleasures of heaven are united to forms of service. So the joy that makes heaven always goes hand in hand with doing something loving for somebody else. To make a constructive difference in somebody's life, the joy we can get from that that has heaven inside it. Because there's all, all kinds of things can make us happy. All kinds of things can, can give you joy, but there's only one that can actually bring heaven. So moving on in the quote, consequently, the nature of each individual's pleasures depends on the nature of that individual's service. The heaven that I'm talking about is not the same for any one person. I mean, the, the heaven that I can be in as I'm serving you and the heaven that you can be in as you're serving me you're going to feel differently about the good things you're doing. I'm going to feel differently about the good things I'm doing. But we're going to touch each other through, if I can do something for you and you can do something for me, we unite those two pieces of heaven. So the things that we're called to do, the things that we love, may, are, are what make us able to uniquely contribute to the happiness of the whole human race. And then finally, its intensity depends on the intensity of the affection for service. The more that we really understand what the impact, the more that we love the idea of the impact on people, the happier it can make us. If, if, we, don't, if we don't really care about the good that we're doing and don't focus on it and, and think of it as we do whatever work we're doing, it'll have a little joy. But the more that we really think through, well, when I do thing X, I'm, like, I'm not great at examples, so I'll just say when I do thing X, Instead of me thinking about, well, I have to, okay, you know what, never mind. Here's a giant example for you. Are you ready? This is from my real life, okay? When I do the dishes, I can think about how I'm doing the dishes. And I have to, there's a whole sink that's piling up and I got to do them. Or I can think about the next time somebody grabs a clean dish and what that feels like for them when they grab and eat it. It's like a very simple flip there. But that, when I, when I do that, the dishes take on a whole new feel. And the more that we're going even beyond the simple little household things that we're doing to the larger things we're devoting our life to, the more we're looking for, what does this mean? Not even, okay, I'm here, here's my experience, but rather than honing in on that, what's this mean for the next person down the line? What am I doing here? The more that we can have that joy grow. So that is an opportunity to build heaven every time we have something to do that benefits somebody else. And to go back to the solution, um, yeah, can you go to the next one? Yeah, okay. What are the major sources of joy in life? I said there's a whole bunch out there. This is not, this is not a comprehensive list of the major sources of joy. This is just one that I, I whipped off. But let's look at it. Like, what makes us happy? On the left, you have, oh, do you want to do the thing where you read it out loud? Okay. What's that blue one? Yeah. Okay. That is getting things. And let me tell you, I'm not going to say that doesn't feel good. It feels great. When you get something new that's something you wanted and it's shiny, it's great. But it is also temporary. It's temporary. You have something, this is always what, you have something, you buy it, and, and for the first little bit, it feels awesome every time you see it, and then it's normal. 
and then it's normal normal part of your life. That can extend for a bit, but it's not like, yes, every day this gets newer and newer. Anything, things that I've longed for for a long time, and then I get them, and now I don't think about them anymore, okay? So it's great, but it's not something I can build my life around. It's not something I can build heaven around. Okay, now we're going to uh, read the green one. Ready? Can feel good to be cool, right? Can feel good to be powerful. Um, I do find that that leads to two things. If that's the, the center of my life, and what I want to be is Mr. Cool and Mr. Powerful and Mr. Better than everyone else, how fun is that for all of you? And how fun does that end up being with me? Because whenever, and believe me, I have not experienced being cool very often, but whenever I do, it's as soon as you get, it's just like shiny stuff. You get up there and you're feeling like, wow, look at this, now I'm something. And if that's the point, that gets normal. And then suddenly it's like, oh, if, no, if somebody doesn't recognize that I am this thing now, I have a lot more to lose. It just becomes vulnerable. You're chasing that state. And this is not doing what we said in the beginning, which is doing just as much good for the rest of the human race as it is for me. It's just sort of doing good for me. Okay, so that's not going to be we can build a foundation on. Okay, this one's going to be controversial. Let's, and these are such weird things to read because they're just kind of bulleted notes, but let's do it. The red one. Okay, this is, you'd think like, okay, at least that is something that we can build a foundation on. Like if, if I'm feeling healthy and my life is not in chaos, that's the point. But, okay, and, the, and, and I may not be right about this. I have noticed that even with health coming back, uh, it's like shiny stuff. It, for, for a second, I feel like ugh, everything is right. But then, like for not so long ago, I've like had... Spine stuff where I just had bad posture and I was like, not my neck was really hurting and my back and the I've, uh, chiropractor adjusted me. Oh, this feels good. I went back and finally got it in. And I remember just distinctly feeling like I'm standing up straight. This feels great. Oh, this is how people walk around. This is great. I don't think about it anymore. It was there. And there's times when I'm sick, knock on wood. My family has got the flu going through it right now. Um, and when I'm sick, I'm like, oh, if, if I could just get healthy, then I'm going to be so happy. And once I do, then I'm back to worrying about my regular stuff. Like, it's so important, but if it's an end goal in itself, I'm going to start just ruminating in circles. So that, that's what I believe. But the final one that we've been talking about, oh, can you even see that? What is it? That's the one that we can build our foundation on. This is why we're sitting here. Can we commit to vocation? Because the kind of joy in getting up to do something that you believe in doing can then create a space for all of those other kinds of joys to fall in line and contribute as they need to contribute. Let's talk about um, Matthew 6.24, right? Because I read before that it's a problem to say, are you going to serve God or are you going to serve money? And what does that even mean? One way of looking at that that I find falls in line with all this stuff is, what's it mean to serve? What's, how is God asking us, like, are you, going to, are you going after money or are you going after God? So here's one way to look at that, which is, oh, yeah, go, go back. That one was great. Um, 
So, is money... Okay, and this is going to be a simple uh, binary answer, so just all yell it out. Is money good or bad? Is money good or bad, right? It depends on what you use it for, right? Money is a means to an end. Is, is health... Is health good or bad? So, could be. If, if you're somebody who's about to go, some, go do something really terrible, the more health you have, the worse it is for the rest of us. Right? Uh, like, you know, it war criminal X, if they had just gotten the flu and not been able to lead that, okay, it's a means to an end, right? Rank and status. Is, it, is, is rank and status good or bad? Who knows, right? There's, you know, there are some people who we sure are glad that they have a position of power because they are doing things in there that are doing great stuff for the rest of us. There's other people that we wish were not there, right? It's, 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 uh, luckily there's nothing political going on right now, so everything's fine. So, um, it's, it's all a means to an end. And what I see the difference as is serving money is serving something that's supposed to be a means. Money is supposed to be the means, okay? Serving God is to serve the purpose of God. If God's sitting there singing, you know, don't worry, everything's going to be all right to us. That's the message of love for the whole human race. And once that becomes our message, that's when we're serving that, then all that other stuff becomes means to the end. And I think that is how we can look at what does it really mean to serve it's just about prioritization. I'm not going to say, don't ever get shiny stuff. That can really be great. But it's got to have its place. It's got to be lined up with a life that can be committed to the thing that can bring us sustainable joy. Then, finally, I want to talk about the dream job solution. So, yeah, yeah. Dream job scarcity. Because if we're talking about committing to vocation, finding, and really what got me is, is the title, Finding Our Heart's Call. Because it's a total luxury to be able to do something that you love to do and get compensated for it, right? That is not something that is necessarily available to everyone. And I don't even know, I don't even know if, if things could function if everyone got to do, maybe. I mean, maybe you'd find enough people that loved um, you know, doing all the necessary stuff, fixing the cards. And some people love that. So I'm not going to, again, examples are not my thing. But how do we realistically say we can find our heart's call if the heart's call is so dependent on, you know, finding this sort of dream job? Again, heaven is a state of mind inside of us that shouldn't be dependent. If the kingdom of heaven is really within you, it shouldn't be dependent on whether or not you have the right coworkers and right mission and right boss. And I know this too because even at a dream job, it's not going to be a dream job forever because who's still there? You or me, right? I, when, when I have gotten to be doing things that I really love to do, uh, you can still be defensive and ego-based, and even if you're getting to, this is, oh, this is so great, I got this thing, unless I'm in that state of heaven, unless I'm in this state where what I care about doing with this dream job is 
affecting the human race in this positive, loving way. Unless I'm put, you know, prioritizing God instead of the experience of the job itself, all that stuff will come back. Or it, it does for me anyway. It's just, oh, oh yeah, I'm like, look, right now, this is super fun for me to get to talk to all of you up here, right? But there's two ways that I can be doing it. One way is I have the joy in me of thinking that I could communicate some information here that's going to, when you leave, it's going to recur to you and you're going to benefit from that. Or I can be thinking, ah, how, how am I doing? I can't, it's pretty bright. I can't read people. Are, is this good or bad? And, and it doesn't matter. Then it's just as miserable as anything else, right? So to cultivate and find that, how do we do that though? And how do we do it when we have oftentimes not that much control over where we work or what we're doing. I thought of a couple of things that could be bumper stickers that, that address that. And they are these. Oh, oh, right. And these, these two bumper stickers have to address this purple phrase, which is, who are we working for and what are we working on? And this is a question that we can ask ourselves in any piece of work we're doing anytime. Who are we working for? And this is a question that's got to be answered independent of external circumstances. So, so what, who are we working for? You know, what, or you could say, what are we working for? But if we're saying that the thing that drives us that really is sustainable and joyful is this desire to help the human race, well, where's that desire come from? Right? So who are we working for when, when our desire is to help the human race? That's God. Who am I working for? Regardless of which job I have right now, why am I making this commitment to work in the first place is because I believe that I can help. So this, who am I working for? I work for God. And what am I working on? Well, I'll show you the bumper sticker before I... Okay, this is that. These are two, two I thought of, right? Who's my boss? God is my boss. Who do you work for? I work for heaven. Which neither of those would be a very cool bumper sticker. I wouldn't put it on my car. I would be worried people would think, like, okay, there's some religious wacko right there. Um, probably doesn't have a job. <laughs> but what it means is, yes, right, my, my life takes different forms where I am at this point. Where, yes, I am definitely, money is involved in this. I need to go here because there's a job opening. This person in my job is asking me to do this. But the reason why, overall, I'm committing to do something constructive is because I understand the love of of the human race. I understand this. Don't worry. Everything's going to be all right. And I want to be a part of that. And if we're doing that, then nobody can fire us. Right? And... There's no wasted work. Because even if I'm here saying, I just do not see how this job I'm doing right here is helping the human race, our, our cultivating that attitude to try to approach whatever we're doing in that way builds something that will remain and remain with us forever. And I work for heaven. If, this, if the state of mind that we're saying is heaven is a love of doing what is useful for other people. If, yeah, whatever I gain in this current job or this work situation or this stuff that I'm doing outside of nine to five hours or stuff I'm doing at home, any of that work, if when I'm doing the dishes, what I'm cultivating is this joy in serving people, that is like our spiritual 401k. 
that we are saving up no matter where we work or the ups and downs of career life. So if we're finding our heart's call, that's something that I believe we can find anywhere with anything to varying degrees, but it's something that, that nobody is denied access to, the ability to start building this in us. And remember, wh- why are we committing to work in the first place? Is we're taking this first step into creating permanent joy inside ourselves that's more useful to, to the human race than it even is to us. Because what's it like being around somebody who cares about you and is working to help you? Is it very bad? Right? That's awesome. That's touching and it's inspiring. And when you, when you do have to go to the doctor or the hospital, what's it feel like when they care about you there? When you know that you matter to them? Okay? And think if the whole world was full of people like that. Think if, I often think when I'm driving on the freeway, and I'm like, think if every exit, any exit I took, I knew that everybody in this place that I'm going to was just, I could trust them and that they were committed to serving the human race out of love. That is actually what's great. It's not even the happiness that it gives us. It's what that does for the rest of the people that we interact with. So that, to me, is finding our heart's call. So let's let that sink in a little bit. We're going we're to pray and ask for... Uh, and opening up, because all this inspiration and this life change and stuff has to come into us. You know, it's coming in from God into us, and we're just trying to get our minds in the place to receive it. Okay, so if you'd all bow your heads, and we'll have a little prayer. God, thank you for the opportunity to be here today and to think about our motivations and why we are doing what we do. You set up a world in which there are opportunities to do work and help us to see this not as just an obligation, but as an opportunity to build that state of heaven within us. And and we know that when you say you will give us rest, that there's no greater rest than the joy of loving what you do and the joy of getting up in the morning energized because you can go and touch somebody's life, just like the examples people were giving about the joy they've had in the work that they've had. So here are the silent prayers of our hearts for a moment as we look to you and look to letting in that joy and that peace and that love. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.